Hey everyone, welcome back to Just the Good Stuff. This is your host, Rachel Mansfield. I'm a cookbook author, recipe developer who is really, really obsessed with making food just taste really darn good. I'm a mama of two, I'm a wife, and you pretty much already know all this if we are friends over on Instagram. In each podcast episode, we catch up with friends, bring on some new amazing humans to share their stories with you, and you guys get to be a fly on the wall in each of these conversations. We get juicy, we chat, we laugh, we get awkward at times, but there's nothing I love more than getting to share these conversations with you guys each and every week. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode, rate, review, and share the podcast when you listen. Listen back to ones you may have missed. The Just the Good Stuff crew is so special to me, and I know you guys will love something from each and every episode. So now let's dive into today's episode. No intro needed because that's how we do it over here. Hi, Yamna. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to chat with you. Me Thank too. you. I'm in happy first day of school for your kids. Oh my gosh. Thank you. August was just like crazy. It was so busy. And I'm like, wait, am I really scheduling this the first day of school? I'm like, it's okay. There's like literally nothing going on today, but it was just hectic getting up to today. So, um, you know how it is like with the kids going back, are, you, are yours going back soon? No, I have a two year old, two and a half year old and a five month old. Oh, so they're okay. So not no school yet. No, no, not yet, but I'm waiting for the day that they, I mean, I'll be like a crying mess, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they give it silence for. Oh, yeah. You know. yeah, exactly. That's what ends up happening. But, to, but now that my kids are older, cause they were around most of the summer and like, I'm bored, I'm bored. And like, it's your job as the mom to entertain them. So it's nice for them to be like, okay, they're doing something. Like I don't have mom guilt for working, you know, <laughs> feels good. Um, my kids are 10 and eight. Oh, so you're like an expert in motherhood. Okay, great. <laughs> Every time I tell someone I'm a two and a half and five old, five month old, they just look at me with so much sympathy. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, you know, not the easiest. That's, that's tight. Are they like 22 months apart? Is that what it is? They're 25 months apart. Oh, 25 months. Mine were 22 months apart and it was like so hard at the time. But as they get older, they'll become BFFs. And wait, are you pregnant again? No. No, not that I oh, know. Not that I you know. Pregnant. Okay. I was like, wait, no, you aren't pregnant. I was like, wait, did you announce? No, you have a five month old. <laughs> that would be wild. That, that would be crazy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How's my audio? You think I should probably put the AirPods on? Totally fine. If you're more comfortable with um, AirPods, you're welcome to put them in. But Sometimes I feel like it's a little bit of a delay with the AirPods for me hearing, but then the song quality sometimes is better. It's so hard to tell. Interesting because when I go on other people's podcasts, they always tell me to put my AirPods in and I don't because as a podcast host, I don't think it sounds good. Yeah. Um, I know. I, I always do that too. They always tell me to put them on. And then I, sometimes I feel like there's a little bit of a delay in me hearing what's happening. So it does end up being a little bit awkward, but I'm fine regardless. I brought them. I have them. There might be, I don't know, if, is there an echo? I have no furniture in my house, but I can go somewhere else that might have. <laughs> oh, you're perfect. Don't worry. Okay. The, um, perfect. Very easy. I also, I love it when my listeners give me feedback that they love when it's very just like, it is what it is. Like, you yeah. know, sometimes the sound quality is going to go. It's just, it's a lot. I like an uncurated, very like raw, authentic conversation. I love that. Which I think makes it more fun. And also I'm a super, I usually bring on people, guests that I know. And like, I feel like I know you because 
I follow you and I like absorb all your content. My mom also is a huge fan. <laughs> and, but I don't, I, I don't know you at all. And I'm so excited to get to know the like food genius behind Feel Good <laughs> and yeah. this empire. Um, so I'd love to kind of rewind a bit and start from the beginning. Like when did you start your food blog? Okay, so I basically started about actually eight years ago in July, I started. And what I was doing was I had about 10 years of marketing before that. So I was working in all kinds of um, different types of marketing, like consumer marketing, market research. I did brochures, branding, all kinds of different stuff, but I never did anything with digital or media. And then um, I was on maternity leave with my with my youngest son and I was just like really bored. And I was working part-time still with a company, just working from home, just giving them like 10 hours a week. But I just felt like I needed more. Like even though I was, my hands were busy with the two kids, I just needed more. So I started Feel Good Foodie only on Instagram as an outlet just for fun, you know, throwing out recipes out there. And what I was trying to do at the time was I was trying to educate myself publicly about nutrition and about cooking healthier for my family. And I thought, hey, people might be interested in this journey that I'm going on. So why don't I just share it? So what I used to do was I would make recipes and say, today's recipe, you know, it it wasn't even about the recipe. It was like for dinner today, I cooked quinoa for my family with some chicken and broccoli. And did you know that quinoa is really good for you because it's the only blah, blah, blah. Like I will say all these things about it and I would call them feel good facts. And nobody cared about the feel good facts. Nobody, (laughs) they're like, (laughs) we could care less. And I was like, did you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was fascinated by that piece of it. Nobody cared. They're just like, give me the recipe. I want the recipe. And I was like, well, there's like a million good recipes out there. Why do you want my recipe? But they just wanted it. It was something like I took it on my phone. It looked appealing. It looked easy. It looked healthy and delicious. And, um, So I kept denying it. And every time I would post something, people would ask for the recipe. And eventually I started just sharing the recipes in the captions of Instagram. And I did that for probably three years before I realized that like, yep, for three years, I just shared the caption because I thought this is kind of fun. I'm just doing this on the side until my husband settles down because he's a physician and he was training between like hospital. We moved around a lot. I was like, once we settle down, we buy a house, I'll get a real job. This is just for fun while I do my marketing gig on the side and do this on the side and move around a lot. And so, yeah, it wasn't until 2016, actually, that I started the website. And that's when like, really, yeah, things started doing, was it 2000? Yeah, 2016. Wait. Yeah, now it feels like, wow, it's almost five years. Yep. Almost five years now. That's crazy. Were your followers kind of annoyed when you weren't giving them everything on Instagram anymore? Like they had yes. Instagram. Yes. Super annoyed. They hated it. And I was like, I'm sorry, but like, I can give you so much more on the website. And they're like, just give it to us. And so I found a happy medium of whenever I would share videos because the video was kind of telling you the full recipe anyway. So I would actually show. And most of the time I saw the click throughs from videos to the website weren't really high anyway. So for those, I would show the full recipe. And so I am still doing that now, or at least showing the ingredients. So it's written down for them. But yeah, they were super annoyed. They did not like that transition. But I, I was annoyed because that's when the algorithm happened in like April, 2016, when it changed from chronological order to random order. And I was like, well, I have no control anymore over who sees my content. And just because I posted five times a day doesn't mean like people are seeing all five pieces of content. So um, looking back, I'm like, that's my biggest regret is not starting the website from day one. But we had, I had no idea. And now eight years later, it's my full-time job, you know, like it is for so many of us. 
That's amazing. And also something that people don't realize is that, you know, ad revenue is a huge source of passive income that you have to think about. So while it's great, you're producing all this, like mostly free content, like of course there's sponsored things and everything, but yeah, it's free. And so if, at least if it's on a website, like you make more money from it, it's like that money. You don't have to think about it. I always say. Exactly. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And also it's just a smarter business strategy, you know, to actually, be making money in a more passive way that just feels free for users versus like doing too many sponsored content, you know, on the, on Instagram. Totally. So eight years later, are you running this by yourself? Do you have a team? What is your business breakdown? So now eight years later, definitely not by myself anymore. I started, obviously it was by myself for a good three, four years. And then I realized I, don't, I think the first thing I hired might have been like a Pinterest person. That was one of the things where everybody's like, you have to be on Pinterest. And I was like, I do not want to learn Pinterest. So that was the first person I hired. Um, actually, it might have been even a videographer before that. So I hired a videographer to come to my house. I have a Pinterest person. I have um, two writers now that help me on the website. I, I just hired a photographer as well. Um, I have my main person that's kind of like my right-hand person. Um, she's like a director of operations and partnerships, and she basically handles all my sponsored content and she basically runs feel good foodie. (laughs) So I finally have somebody who's like my right-hand person who's been with me now for about, I think 10 months. And I just feel so much better now being able to like take a vacation, knowing that like she's running the show and she knows what's happening and we have a good system going on. So yeah, after, after all of this, like making it a full-time job, there's no way that I could be doing it by myself, you know? So I'm so grateful for my team. I've got like so many, um, a bunch of freelancers, you know, and then I have two people who are pretty much full-time, which is, you know, my ops person. And then I have a social media coordinator who's just like, you know, rock star, like community manager, like answering questions on YouTube and Facebook and the website and Instagram. It's just so much, you know? So do you, does she answer like every DM that you receive or every, I actually, I actually answer those myself and we're struggling with that because it's one of those things where like on Instagram, I will answer those myself for the first hour and then she'll hop in and like answer a couple more and see like how I responded. And sometimes when I go in and I see my friends had answered, I'll respond to them and just like, Hey, you know, like Sarah, I know you and whatever. And I'll, I'll try to give that personal touch. It just feels a little bit odd for the DMs, you know, because those people are messaging me. Um, but I, it, like yesterday I had, like, I showed something controversial <laughs> on my idea, on my stories. And it was an, I, and I had like, probably, I, I want to say like 800 or something like DMs. And it was, and everybody like took the time to write to me, you know, and I wanted to take the time to respond to everyone, but it was just too much. And so I went through, I opened every single DM and I just hearted <laughs> everybody's but yeah sure what was a controversial thing oh so (laughs) so like I can't say that without saying (laughs) yeah so I was sharing a recipe for a salad and the salad was made with with a grain called burgol which in English is called bulgur and so somebody somebody messaged me and they're like there's no need for the faux accent just call it bulgur it's a very common word so he's like just bulgur, no need to hype, no need for hyper foreignism. And I was so upset. I'm like, Arabic is my first language. Burghul, the grain, is predominantly a Middle Eastern grain. Like, I grew up lo- knowing the word as burghul, not bulgur, 
Like it's weird for me to even say Bulgar, even though that's like the proper English way to pronounce the word. And so um, I I posted that on my Instagram story. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, I'm not even, I wasn't even born in the States. Like English wasn't my first language and I'm being called out for a faux accent for hyper foreignism. So I posted that and my followers, what is it? You're not Hilaria Baldwin. I know, right? I'm like, this Arabic is my first language. This is how I pronounce the word. Like I say hummus, like I don't say hummus. I say hummus, I say falafel. Like those are just the way I say those words. So um, my followers were like, you tell them like, you know, and they, they were so upset on my behalf. Like they were furious. They're like, who are they like to tell you how to pronounce a word? So um, thankfully that person apologized, like profusely apologized. And he was like, I'm sorry, I'm just a white dude telling you that you're appropriating your own culture. And I'm so sorry, I didn't realize it. And so he apologized a lot. And so so yesterday my DMs were flooded because I think it's such a sensitive topic too, when you're thinking about like, there's just been a lot of controversy with like people appropriating cultures and making money off of cultures, whether it's their own or other people's cultures, you know? Um, so it's very sensitive subject, I think, for a lot of people. And yeah, my DMs were just like crazy yesterday with that. But people just had such thoughtful things to say. And I feel like it was such an amazing conversation to be had. And that's the kind of stuff that I want to be in on, you know. So um, whenever I think about like hiring my team and broadening everything, I still think about like, what is it about it, about Feel Good Foodie that makes it so personal for the brands that work with me, for the followers that follow me? Um, I still need to keep that piece of it with me, you know? So as many people as I hire, like, I still feel like I need to be a part of it, you know? Do all of your employees, do they work with you or are they all working remote? Are they in Michigan too? Everybody's remote actually, except for my video team. Um, it's a team of people and they're, they're, they're local because they come to my house and they do like my YouTube videos and, um, yeah, all of that. And they also do um, some photography as well for me. What's your favorite platform out of all of them? Like Instagram, TikTok? Well, it was always Instagram until TikTok came along. <laughs> yeah, I love TikTok. I love Instagram. I think when it first started because it was, I don't know, that's just like, that was my home base. You know, I knew it really well and I became just like an Instagram, like algorithm nerd. I would like study it so well. I would follow all kinds of accounts, like animal accounts and travel accounts and hair and makeup accounts and follow all kinds of people and just like study them. Like, what are they doing? What are they posting? How often do they post? What do they do on their stories? And I got to learn so much about it um, and kind of like beat the system in ways like, okay, how are people growing now? Let me do it better. Like, let me do it this way. And that's kind of how I got to grow like millions of followers. And all this time, it's just like being such an Instagram nerd, like <laughs> really, really studying it, you know? That. Any tips for, you know, 2021 with everyone complaining about Instagram and like anyone that's first starting out or they want to get their, like get the word out about their blog or whatever it may be? Well, I think um, I'm telling people a lot um, when people were struggling with Instagram, I started telling people like go to TikTok, like just go to TikTok and grow there. And then once you have a good audience there, you can move them over to Instagram. So a lot of people had success doing that. Um, I know a nutritionist, for example, who was like struggling, like 2000 followers on Instagram, just struggling. And then she like, just start TikTok. So she started, had a couple of viral videos, grew to like 70,000, got clients that way who were like, oh, let me see what else you're doing on Instagram. And then she just grew a base that way. But now I think what's happening too is because of the influence of TikTok, Instagram is trying to like 
Capture that same algorithm feel with the short, vertical, fun videos and their reach is so much higher than it's ever been before. So I feel like as an influencer right now, I've never grown in the, I've never grown as fast as I have in the last six months. Even all the hacks that I tried in the past and all the things that I did, I literally grew 600,000 followers probably since January. I think I was like 2.1 million. Yeah. And it was, it's because of reels. And so. Oh, interesting. So do you prioritize posting reels then as opposed to still images? Um, I probably, I do a mix, I think, because this, everything kind of has a different benefit for it. So I feel like with every platform, you kind of have to play with what's, what it's good for. The images are really good for driving traffic to my website. So I highly recommend continuing to do that because like you just see a beautiful like pasta dish and you're like, I need that recipe right now. And you kind of see like, oh, it looks like she's got some dried tomatoes and pesto. Let me get the exact amount. I have those things. Let me go get the recipe. And they you know, hop on over there with reels. It's just more like entertainment and growth and engagement on the platform. And it's been amazing for me. And I think a lot of that 600 K followers this year, or like 550 or whatever it's been this year, a lot of it, it's from baked feta pasta. I don't know if you like baked yeah. feta pasta. Yeah. That's how I met you. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally how I met you. <laughs> like, people met were you. like, Oh, you're the baked feta pasta girl. And it was so funny yeah. because yeah, it is funny because I also trended like pasta chips, which were around before me, like both recipes were around before me. But there was something about like, the way I did the video that just was really catchy for both of them. So there was this article about me that was like, listen, if it deals with pasta, <laughs> and it's on TikTok, she probably had something to do with it. <laughs> I well, that's something I love about your food in general. And like that attracts me is that it's very like accessible, like the way that you present your food and your recipes. I'm sure you know this, like it's not intimidating because yeah. someone can't the dish. Like, oh, I have, probably have half of these ingredients if not all of them. And like, it doesn't look scary to make, like yes. it looks like someone can make it at home and the feta tomato thing. So fun fact, my two, like the foods that I hate the most in this world are tomatoes and cheese. Oh, and yeah. So this, the pot, the feta pasta tomato was like my biggest nightmare in a dish. And my mom and my husband were like, we have to make this. I'm telling you, my mom loves you. So we go to Trader Joe's, we like get all the ingredients. And like you said, the video was so well done. And that's like hooked me. I'm like, this is awesome. And we made it. I actually didn't think I I was going to like, and I did really enjoy it, which I, it's like, I like, I have a thing with like cooked food versus like raw, whatever. Yeah. it was the easiest thing in the entire world. Like I could not get over it, but that dish was everywhere. Oh my everywhere. God, it exploded. Like, and, and I just happened to be like, and you know, my friend grilled cheese social was the one who first brought it to the U S. So like the credit goes to her for like bringing it to the U S and she had heard about it from her Finnish friend. And so in Finland it had exploded, but none of us heard about it here. She heard about it through her friend and she happened to be just talking about it once on her stories. And I was like, and I guess there was some controversy happening with like who in Finland really created the dish. And she was just sharing about it as well. And she's like, you guys all love this dish. And I thought you'd be interested to hear about this controversy. And I was like, wait, 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 what is this dish? And so she started telling me a little bit of a background. She goes, oh my gosh, supposedly they ran out of feta cheese in Finland. And I was like, no way. I'm like, I'm making a TikTok about this first thing tomorrow morning. <laughs> and so it was just like hearsay. And so I ran to the store first thing in the morning. I'm like, and then I made the video. I was like, because of this recipe, they ran out of feta cheese in Finland. And like that, that one line just like did it for everyone, you know? And so... She had had, that was like her number one recipe on her website for all of like 
COVID 2020, like that, that was like the recipe that people loved. And then all of a sudden, like, because of it going viral again on TikTok, it just like gave it a rebirth for her, you know? So, and I was like, well, and then it ended up being the number one recipe on my website, on my Instagram. I probably grew like a good 150,000 followers just from that recipe. Like all these people who just found me. That's amazing. So, yeah. And so that's why I say like, if you're a new person, like a new influencer, a new content creator, there's never been a better time than now. Like you don't need, it used to be on Instagram, like you needed followers to get views, to get, you know, but now anybody with like even a thousand followers can get crazy views. And I think it's because they shifted their algorithm because of the influence from, from TikTok. That's so true. Because like sometimes when, you know, how they'll show like previews to reels on your newsfeed, I'll click on them and like the account doesn't have a lot of followers at all, but the real engagement will be insane. Even one of my good friends has um, an Instagram on a TikTok all about like anxiety and stuff, like not food related. Mm-hmm. And her engagement's out of this world. It's like, she, I think, yeah, like she doesn't have a massive following. She has a yeah. quality following because they're very engaged. But it's so true though. Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah. And so I would just encourage people, I think video content is kind of scary. And when I first, I started on TikTok um, two years ago, and when I started there, I didn't know what I was doing, but I really believed in the platform. I was like, this is, this is the way we're going to be consuming content going forward. I don't know if TikTok will be around, but this is the way we're consuming content. And I really believed in it. So I didn't know what I was doing on there. So I started dancing. I started singing. (laughs) I tried to be funny and I was not funny. Like people did not, only my husband and my kids find me funny. I was like, they, people don't, don't know me. Like they didn't understand the humor. And so I was like, I'm just going to cook. Like forget this dancing and singing. Like I'm just going to cook. And so I just started doing more of that and it did really well. So um, yeah, it's been really fun. <laughs> As my manager, when she was telling, she's the one of reason why I'm on TikTok. She's Rachel, you have to go on TikTok. It's time. Like you have to bite the bullet and do it. So we, I just joined TikTok in June. Like, oh. like I, I made my account because I not like anyone else is going to start a username, hopefully with my name because it's right. my name. But yeah. I always try and sign off like as soon as something's new so that I have it. And I would like literally post maybe like once every two months, like not seriously. And then I started posting and I got addicted to it. Now my husband is running my TikTok mostly. <laughs> and it's captivating. Like when you have a video that goes viral on TikTok, it's an adrenaline rush. Oh my gosh. It's the best feeling ever. And then you wake up and you're like, all of these people are following me. Like, it's so cool. And you just have all these comments and it's, yeah, it really is. While we're on the topic of all things wellness in this episode today, let's chat about my favorite activity that kind of feels like a long lost cousin at this point, if we're being honest, but sleep. And most importantly, what we are sleeping on. I have always been one of those people who just crave and need a solid nights of rest. Whenever we travel, I actually like miss our bed at home so much. And for Jordan and I, our bedroom is like, it's a sanctuary. It's where our kids hang out. We're always in there. We're super particular about the bed that we sleep on. And when we were looking for a new mattress to use probably a few months ago, so many people were recommending Birch to us. And after looking into it and trying it ourselves, now we know why. Birch makes organic, non-toxic mattresses made in America, and they are delivered right to your home for free with no contact delivery, and you even get a 100-night sleep trial. The Birch mattress is extremely comfortable. It's so soft, super supportive, which is exactly what I crave when I'm sleeping on. Delivery is really quick and easy. I I cannot wait to even just go to sleep after talking about my mattress right now. Plus, it's big enough to fit us and Ezra and Brody, and we ordered a twin-size mattress for our King Ezra to use when we transition him into a bed eventually. Birch is giving 
flipping $200 off all their mattresses plus two free eco rest pillows just for the just the good stuff listeners. So head on over to birchliving.com slash Rachel for $200 off all mattresses and two free eco rest pillows. Last week we had our second viral video and we had like, I'm very small on TikTok. I have like 10,000 followers. I mean, I did have a thousand in June. So it's like that, you know, not too bad growth wise, but we had 10,000 followers one week later from that video, 17,000. Like we grew by 7,000 followers from one viral video. Crazy. It's It's crazy. It really is. Like it's insane. Oh my gosh. That's the thing right now too. And I think that kind of growth is also possible on other platforms too, because of these short form types of videos, people are checking them out. They're like exploring new content creators and they're just opening their eyes to like, Oh, well, I like this kind of videos now too. And this person seems to be interesting and worthy to follow. And so, yeah. And so everyone's growing more than ever before on different. And so it's same thing too on YouTube. YouTube also has these types of videos. They're calling them shorts. Yeah. And I was afraid of doing it on Facebook, but I'm slowly starting to add them on Facebook as well, because I wasn't sure how the community there would receive them, but they're doing pretty well on Facebook as well. So beast like every social platform it's so crazy how they're all doing something that has to do with like the tiktok video concept because even pinterest we started yeah. posting like all of our reels and tiktoks on pinterest and our monthly views have like gone up like 700 times like it's crazy <laughs> just to videos i just wish pinterest would let you like it would drive more blog traffic if you did the video that's like their biggest weakness right now like i wish you could like click the link yeah, it's just, they're just trying to like keep people on the platform and engage, have them be engaged with the content. But that's not how it used to be. We want the traffic from Pinterest to come to our website. We want them to come grab the recipes. No. So it's interesting. I um, like, I love this time as a content creator because it's so easy. It's easier to grow than ever. I feel like um, you can kind of get out of the rut of just like cooking the same types of recipes and creating the same kind of content. It feels like, like I made you know, because of a, uh, because of its viral thing, I made frozen honey and that video went like crazy viral. Like I'm just doing things that sometimes I never thought I would do before. So it's been, it's really, really fun as a content creator, but it's also exhausting because basically every platform is just kind of morphing into the same thing. Like they all have stories now. I think TikTok is getting stories as well soon. They all have stories. They all have lives. They all have short form videos. Like they mostly all have photos. Like it's just exhausting. And so I don't know what's going to happen going forward, but I feel like I wish it was the same way it was like, you have photos here, you've got videos here, you do long form videos here and like live stuff here, or at least like just a little bit more compartmentalized, you know, making it impossible to get off of any app. Like that's literally what they're doing. Like there's, there's no downtime because once you're like done posting on this, it's like, okay, then we post on TikTok. Okay. Then upload it on Pinterest. Than this and it really is like that's a good point that you have like a full-time social media person to do this because it's so much it's so so much energy and then you like for me like I can't shut off like oh did all these comments get responded to that these get responded it's just like did yeah. we post today I'll like do a voiceover I don't remember doing it like <laughs> I go, but I don't even remember yeah so when, you, when you you have your videographer and your team but do you like map out all your content in advance or for things like you said, the baked feta and tomato, like the pasta, did you do that video yourself or did you immediately like call your videographer and have them come over and help you? Like, how does this all work? 
Um, so I'm basically, and it's funny because I talked to somebody at the Food Network and I was like, how do you guys plan out your calendar? Because we were talking about collaborating and doing some content. And and it turns out that like my philosophy was like similar to theirs where they're like, I have a plan for what's happening in November, like three months in advance. And I've got my content for that. But you kind of have to keep your eyes peeled for like what's trending today and what's happening today. And like, I have this crazy good idea today that I want to go and test in the kitchen today. Like even though, and sometimes these things, like you have to like jump on them as quickly as possible. So I have, um, I have a regular content calendar. Like I know that I'm making some kind of a pumpkin pasta, (laughs) you know, for the fall. And I know I'm making some kind of apple recipes, for example, and I have all of those laid out. So I'll plan those out. I'll test them. Usually I, I try to be about six weeks in advance with my content calendar. So I'm constantly, um, you know, testing recipes and I'll send them to the photographer that I just started working with um, a few months ago and he'll photograph them. Then we'll get them writers like writing them. And so all this stuff is kind of like ready and scheduled, ready to go, usually like four to six weeks in advance. And then what happens is I just like to keep my eyes peeled to like, oh my gosh, like I, you know, I, there's this like crazy thing that's happening and I need to jump on it today, you know? And so I will just go and just, you know, create that content on a whim and just, you know, film it right away. So when it comes to video, I have like scheduled YouTube days where my videographer comes and we do like a professional type of thing where it's like nicely shot and everything. And I also do these hands in pans videos as well that like are planned in advance for content that is doing well on the website. Then the TikTok ones, I tried doing it where it's like every two weeks, my videographer would come over and we would shoot like vertical type of videos. And we tried one, we shot 10 videos together and they all didn't do well. Like we shot 10 different things. Like uh, the only one that did well was how to make Nutella from scratch, which I think that could have done well regardless because it's just, it's Nutella. (laughs) Yeah. But those didn't do well. So I realized, so it kind of took the pressure off of like pre-planning those TikToks. So the TikTok ones are kind of on a whim. And basically I just like, like on one day a week, I'm like, okay, what's happening? What do I like? And I'll usually save a couple ideas from TikTok. Or if I see some interesting things, I'll do them. And if not, I just usually, whatever I'm testing that week, I'll think about like, how do I make this into a TikTok as well? So I'm usually like last minute on those. And I think that's why they're so successful as well. It's like, they're in the moment, um, what I'm making today, what's trending, what's happening. So it's a, it's a good mix of both. And I think it's important as content creators to do that. Like to have your sanity, you really need to kind of plan in advance, even if it's one week in advance, like knowing that like next Monday's blog post is already situated, takes, relieves a lot of that stress off, but also to stay current and relevant, like is, is really important as well. It's, I, we're very much on the same page. I like to call it structured chaos where like we do but like you're constantly being like okay well should I make this now if it's becoming popular and like you know it there's always new things coming out but like we're I'm planning October content now like September is done and done and whatever but I really want to make like a banana pudding and right before talking I was like re-editing dates for blog posts to go live to like fit the banana pudding for next week and even for like Mm -hmm. last sponsored content yep like adjust schedule wise and things like that but it's like comforting to know that the month of September is fully exactly yeah and it took it took me a long time to get to that point too where I'm like all right you know I'm actually advanced in advance and it it takes it takes a lot of hard work up front to get to that point but when you get there it feels really good and October is a struggle right now because I want to I want to start testing October stuff but I'm like we can't find pumpkin anywhere and like I have a couple of canned pumpkins that I saved last year just in case but I'm like any canned pumpkin 
Oh no, not yet. I can't find any yet. Do you go to Trader Joe's? Yeah. And Trader Joe's is speaking about that. They literally will not bring anything pumpkin until like second week of September. Usually last year, that's what I found. So I snagged a couple extra ones last year. I have like two cans. <laughs> Perfect. We're good to go. Yeah. But I was like, oh, I want to do like how to carve a pumpkin. Like, I'm like, where am I going to find a pumpkin right now? So some of that content like does end up happening, happening like a little bit last minute, you know, but I like the, I like the way you put it. It's like structured chaos. It's just it like, is. you know what you can post that day. But sometimes you have to like adapt to uh, the times and like what's going on. And Absolutely. also because sometimes like I said I was going to test something that day and I'm not going to eat it so you know that's about having does so all the food that you make does your family just consume everything all the time like what do you do with all the food I'm sure you get that question oh yeah yeah we are really good about it and so um what I like to do is um usually like every Tuesday I'm testing recipes with my kitchen assistant so we'll try to do like six recipes that and for the most part, it's like new recipes or recipes that we tested the week before that didn't work out. So in a month, like we might be testing like 24 recipes, for example, and some are repeats. Some of it's like a salad. I'm like, are we throwing a tomato? This is the dressing. It works. I'm not testing it again. Like it works really well. I'll send it to my photographer and he's essentially testing it a second time when he makes it. And if anything ever comes up, he'll be like, you know what? The dressing was this or this was like this. And he'll let me know and we can always adjust it and redo it, which hasn't happened yet, but I always anticipate like it might happen one day. So um, yeah, so we do it every Tuesday. We do about six recipes every Tuesday. And what I try to do is I try to really think about it in advance so that I don't have like six chicken recipes that I'm testing, you know? So I'm like, all right, we're going to do a soup recipe and a chicken and a muffin. And we're going to do a salad and like breakfast bars, you know? And so I really like try to pay attention to that as much as possible and try to test things at different times. So I don't always flow chronologically with my content calendar with like, I'm like, all right, I want to test this and this, and I've got a bunch of zucchini. So let me jump ahead and test like three zucchini recipes. But one of them is a brownie and one of them is a pasta, for example. So I just try to like bounce around and same thing. I'm like, we'll do video day once a month. Um, and on those days, we only do four to five recipes. And I'll try to do like a breakfast and a lunch. And between me, my kids, the video crew, there's like no food left over at the end of the day. Like it's pretty much all gone by the end of the day. Because most of the recipes on my website are for serving of four people. And, you know, there might be like muffins, obviously, that are 12 or cookies that are like 12 or 24. But for the most part, it's all servings of four. So like we finish them. <laughs> if it's like a smoothie, it's like done like right away. So um, yeah, and I think... I think the ba- the baking bloggers are the ones I'm like, how do you, what do you do with all those cakes and all those cookies? Like, but those I are great. All baking stuff mostly and like not as much savory. And as I started doing more savory, I do start doing what you do, which is like, I'll make, you know, two dinner recipes and a breakfast or a, a dinner, a dessert recipe. Yes. So you have it through the week. And then also what a difference when I have a, my two and a half year old eats anything. He's knocking with the easiest eater. So feeding him, my husband and myself and like our nanny, it's great because everything just goes and there's never like a waste. And I'm such a food Nazi. Like I won't waste anything. So I'll bring it to like friends or like, even if I made these Rice Krispie treats last week that I really didn't love the cereal that I use. I just wanted to get rid of the cereal and whatever. And I gave it to like the the local gym. I gave it to my friend. Like they, everyone loved it. I'm like, great. Like nothing ever goes, goes to waste. Where do you get your like inspiration or ideas for recipes? Do people submit like requests to you? Do you like, where do you kind of get inspired from? Um, it's a little bit of everything. So um, what I've been trying to do is um, I sometimes I look at magazines from like the year before. So I'll take a look at like 
you know, um, Bon Appetit from like, you know, last fall and seeing what's happening there, like real simple and seeing like, okay, what are the parents, what are the parents cooking and what are some good classic fall ones that I need to have on my website? Because my website is still fairly young. I would say, I think I have like 750 recipes. Like there's bloggers who've got like thousands. It's good. It's a good point right now, but I still feel like, oh, I don't have a vegetarian lasagna recipe. And oh my gosh, I still don't have a like steel cut oats in the instant pot recipe. And so there's a lot of these like classics still that I'm missing. So um, every time I think of one, I just add it to my content calendar and my content calendar probably has like 400 ideas on it. Cause I just, every time I think of something, I just, it's on my phone. I use Airtable. And every time I think of something, I throw it on there. I'm like, oh, like, here's a good idea. And I'll throw it on there. And I'll put like an estimate date of like, this would be good in like November. And I'll throw it on there um, when I when I think of it. And like my ops girl is like, whoa, there's like seven new recipes today. I'm like, yeah, I was flipping through a magazine at the pool, like, <laughs> you know. And so um, a second good way too is just like submissions from like fans who are like, hey, do you happen to have a so-and-so recipe? And I'm like, I don't, but that's a really good one. And so I'll think about working that in as well. And then um, I really shied away from Lebanese recipes when I first started because I thought that like, oh, people on Instagram don't want Arabic recipes. Like they don't know them and they wouldn't appreciate them. And I found out really quickly that like, you know what, that's where my expertise is at. And that's where, even though I cook a lot of like general recipes, like the Lebanese recipes is like my, where my passion is at. So I've been trying to just kind of get through all of the classics there to make sure I have everything covered. And there's still a bunch that I don't have. So people are like, oh, where's your kibbe recipe? And there's like seven kibbe recipes that you're supposed to have. And I have like four out of the seven. <laughs> so people keep asking. What are your favorite Lebanese foods? I have two very good friends that are also Lebanese. And oh, really? I go to the, yeah, to, I used to go to my friend's house. She went to college with her and her mom would make the best food ever. And then my other friend in college would like make us all the dips and the spreads like Lebne. Oh. And it was the best treat in the entire, like, I love Lebanese food more than anything. Oh it's what the best. And I'm so biased, but I feel like it's one of the healthiest foods that you can eat and like just so colorful and nutritious and delicious. So I'm obsessed with it. And, and my followers have been really loving it as well. And so I'm just glad that I embraced it. And it took me a while because my first couple of years on Instagram, I was like, Oh, here's a grape leaves recipe. Like, do you guys like it? And I'm like, well, people really liked it. Or I started doing like the mainstream stuff like hummus and grape leaves and, people really like them. And then I got to the more like authentic ones, like the stews and like, you know, the, you know, different dishes like that. But my favorites are shishtawut, which is like chicken kebab. Okay. It's basically just like shish is like, you know, um, like the, the stick that it's on in tawuk. So it's just chicken kebabs basically. Um, but I have a really good marinade for that. I really love the, that recipe. And I also really love grape leaves. We call them wada anab. And it's just like grape leaf stuffed with rice and beef or rice and like veggies. And they're just like, that's like my last meal on earth. I think like grape leaves. <laughs> it's so good. We used to have Mediterranean Mondays at my college and they had the best stuffed grape leaves oh. ever. And it was so, so good. I It's my favorite. Honestly, all Lebanese food is so, so, so good. Oh, I love Mediterranean Mondays. That's such a good idea. <laughs> I'm like, I'm more about that than Meatless Monday. That doesn't... Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Um, have you taken your family to Lebanon? Have your kids been there? My daughter has been there, but only when she was like 15 months old. So we haven't had a chance to go much. And right now the situation is not too good there. So um, hopefully things get better. And then with COVID over the last couple of years, it's just been hard. But yeah, we actually, my parents have a house or two houses there, like one in the city and one in the village. And so I grew up growing. I was actually born and raised in Africa. I was there for like 
11 years. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so I never actually lived in Lebanon, but uh, my parents are both from Lebanon. And so um, we used to go every single summer and just like spend two months there and just like hang out with the cousins, like, you know, live there basically for a couple months and then come back to school. That's, so you grew up in Africa and then you moved to America from there? Yeah. So I was um, born in Zaire. I was raised in Sierra Leone and there was a war that happened in Sierra Leone in the early 90s. So we came to America as refugees because my um, my dad had a lot of uncle um, siblings here. My, my aunts and uncles were all here. And so we came to um, Michigan at the time. And yeah, it was a huge culture shock for me. <laughs> like, but yeah, where I was in Africa, I had a huge Lebanese community as well. So um, our first language there was Arabic, but we also learned like the local language and we learned French and we learned English as well. That's amazing. How cool. Yeah. And so why did your parents choose Michigan? Um, you know, it was because of my dad's siblings were all here and because of Ford Motor Company was there, like the assembly line. It was just like the kind of job that you can get without any really knowing English. You could just come here and like easy jobs. And so there was a huge Lebanese community that started settling in Michigan because of that. And so now if you go to Dearborn, Michigan, I don't know if you've ever been to Michigan. Oh, but if you ever come to Michigan, you have to go to Dearborn, Michigan. It's a small town. They call it Little Lebanon, actually. And it's just like huge Lebanese community. There's like streets where like all the shops are just have Arabic writing on them. They have the best um, baklava there. The, just literally the best Arabic food you can get. I have to go. To, you know, I have to go to Michigan. I don't really I haven't dabbled in the Midwest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I got to yeah. go. We were like, especially in the summertime, Michigan with the Great Lakes. Like, it's really beautiful. Is your husband from Michigan as well? Yeah. So he was um, from also the same city um, as me and from Dearborn. And so we met at like a high school event <laughs> where we went to different schools, but we met like at, a, at an event like in town. And then we ended up going to the same college. And so we were like, we were basically college sweethearts. Where'd you go to college? Uh, I went to University of Michigan. Okay. I figured, I, I like assumed, but I was like, I don't want to make assumptions. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah my brother's going on a date with someone that actually went to University of Michigan because I was stalking her the other day. I saw <laughs> like on their dating app, which I know nothing about dating apps, but yeah. I live vicariously through him. <laughs> when it comes to all of your like cooking and like pantry staples, like what are like your top five must have cooking appliances? Okay. Uh, let's see. I really love um, my blender. Of course. I, I feel like that was one of them. And when I think about like my top favorite cooking appliances, um, I had to, we were renovating this house that we just moved into. And so we had to live in an apartment for like, it was supposed to be six months and ended up being eight months. So that was the day it was like really hard as a food blogger with like a million props and a million gadgets and appliances. I'm like, what do I really, really need? And it was the, the hardest, it was harder than picking out clothes. I'm like, I don't care what clothes I take with me. I have to think about like what kitchen stuff do I need for six months, you know? Um, so some of the things I brought with me were my um, blender. I have a Vitamix blender. I absolutely love it for purees, salsas, smoothies, ice cream, all the things like it's, it's amazing. I also really like an immersion blender um, because I do a lot of like, and this is really good when you, when you have young kids, especially. So I did this for my kids up until they could start like really chewing food, like just whatever I was making for dinner. I just like, you just take an immersion blender and just like puree it once or twice. And it's so handy, especially in the fall when I make a lot of soups. I love just like Instead of transferring it over to another blender, I just love to like, you know, zip it in there really quickly. So um, another thing is uh, my peeler. I love peelers. Like I use those all the time. My, my daughter doesn't like cucumber peels, for example, and like just for potatoes and 
carrots and things like that. So we make ribbons out of them. We also just like peel skins and all of that. Um, I have a garlic press that is a, is a must <laughs> in my house because I use a lot of garlic in recipes and I, I hate mincing it. It takes too long. So I just use the garlic press. It's super helpful. Um, let's see what else is um, my top ones. Let's see. You know, one more. I think one more. Yeah, maybe one more. Let's see. I'm trying to think like what's on my counter like all the time. Like Instant Pot versus an air fryer. Which oh, one? an air fryer. Yeah, for sure. Um, I like both. And so when I moved into the when I moved into the, the apartment, I had to decide between the two. And I actually picked Instant Pot instead of air fryer because I was like, well, you know, I feel like I can just do more like family meals that way because we were moving in the fall. And I was like, well, I can just like just do more oatmeal and stews and soups and things like that. But um, I like them both. And then I ended up getting gifted another air fryer. So I ended up having two in the apartment. But yeah, I like them. I like them both equally. They're both great. I need to get an air fryer because I live in an apartment. Like you live in a thousand square feet with two yeah. kids and my husband oh, and I. I have too much stuff. No, like I refuse to be, accept to get an air fryer. Like I'm like, please like hold off. Like what's your favorite one? So now I want to get one when we move. <laughs> um, I have tried a bunch of them. I think my favorite so far has been it's called the instant vortex. So instant brand who makes the instant pot made an instant, um, made a, um, air fryer. Oh, okay. I, and it's I, really, I like it because it's like the basket is actually really big, but it's also just feels, it looks really slim on your countertop. If you wanted to put it on the countertop, they also have the air fryer, um, oven, but I just feel like I got one of those and I'm testing it out still, but I just feel like they're too bulky. It's huge. It's literally like a mini oven. And I'm just, I don't like the sight of it. <laughs> I like cute little appliances. I got one that was an oven, literally like looked like a toaster oven, an air fryer. And I ended up just giving it to our nanny because I, I, I don't have room for this. Like yeah. I don't, and this is not practical. If I want an air fryer, I want it to be like a little basket that like, yeah. like you yep. said, coming on the counter. So I'm going to look into that. Yeah. Um, what about for like your favorite cooking and pantry staples? Like things you, when you run out, you're like, oh my God, I have to go to the store. I got this ASAP. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I always have to have peanut butter, like, because not only is it just great for the kids sandwiches, my kids are obsessed with like peanut butter and jelly. Like most kids are, they love that for, for lunch all the time. And then, um, I add it to my oatmeal almost every morning. I just love that, like the taste, the protein in there. And then I also, um, actually make recipes with it as well. So I throw it in, you know, just like an Asian, like, you know, peanut, peanut butter dip. Like I do that all the time, but I also like marinate beef with it. I marinate chicken with it. I throw it in like, um, there's a lot of African, African recipes that use peanut butter. So I love just having peanut butter on hand. Um, I always have to have canned tomatoes and tomato paste because of um, staple Arabic recipes. Um, I like having, we always have olives on hand as well and pickles and let's see what else. And pasta, of course, like <laughs> always have all kinds of pasta with me. I would definitely fit in really well in your house. So if you yeah. ever got me, let me know. Peanut butter is life. What's your favorite um, brand of butter? I like Santa Cruz. Okay. Have you had Wild Friends peanut butter? No, I haven't. I really like Marinetha, but then it has like palm oil and sugar, but it tastes so good. <laughs> if you want, I'll send you Wild Friends. It's, I'm like, it's the best creamy peanut butter in the entire world. And for your kids, like peanut butter, it's oh. so good. And also the, I asked for your address recently because I'm launching a food product and oh. it has peanut butter in it. So now I'm even more excited to send it to you and your family because you're going to Oh, I can't wait. That's awesome. Okay, cool. That's really cool. Uh, I haven't heard of Wild Friends. I have to try it. It's so good. It's the best. I like creamy peanut. I love um, chunky peanut butter too, but I haven't been yeah. able to find one that I really like yet, but yeah. the creamy is just to die for. Oh, I got to try that. 
And do you shop at Trader Joe's every week or like what's your go-to grocery store? I do. I, my go-to has been Fresh Time. Have you heard of that one? No. It's just like a little, it, um, it's like a little grocery store, but it just kind of like, there's not as much center of store, like the center of store aisles that have like all the frozen and canned stuff. So it just like prioritizes the way, I think it feels like the way millennial women shop. Like you've got a bunch of like the produce all around. You've got like nice, nice big bulk section for the oats and the rice and the grains and all those things. And then um, just like very simple center of store. So you just have like the the pastas and the oats and the, you know, the few canned goods, not too much. So I really like the way I, I like that a lot, but I still also go to Trader Joe's. I still also go to just like, there's one down the street from me, like three minutes. I call it like, that's like my TikTok store. It's been like my TikTok. It reminds me of TikTok videos because, you know, fresh time is like a good 12 minute drive, but when I have an idea and I'm like, oh my gosh, creamy lemonade is trending. I must make this right now. Like I need yeah. condensed milk. I just go, that's my store to go to. So I always go there and literally like I'll buy three things. And they always ask me, would you like the card? I'm like, nope, no card. I just, I don't want the royal lo- loyalty card. I'm literally, this is my TikTok store. Like I just go in there, I grab like the three things I need just to make the said recipe. So um, yeah, but I still, and then I, um, I still go to a Middle Eastern store all the time. It's a two hours drive for me in Dearborn, Michigan. So I still go there like once a month. I get like my beef from there and my chicken from a butcher and I get like all my specialty groceries from there. Oh, that's so cool. I want to go. I got to find to see if there's one around here. One of oh my, my gosh, friends. they're the best. Like, and they always have like the best nut section and like the sweet section. They're amazing. Oh, yum, yum. You are amazing. I'm so happy we're able to chat. Can you tell everyone where they could follow you and get all of your delicious recipes? Absolutely. I'm so happy to be on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. So I am feel good foodie everywhere. I answer all my DMs personally. And so you can feel free to um, shoot me a DM, check me out on the website, TikTok, everywhere.